Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is the Bob Cordaro Show podcast. WILK News Radio. And kept us free. People like Dick Sheehan of Troop earlier of Dunmore, United States Navy. John Bernoski, late of Berwick, formerly from Freeland. Paul Black, Jefferson Township, United States Army. Michael Netarostek, Jessup, United States Army. John Robertson, Robinson, I apologize, late of Massachusetts, born Scranton, United States Army. Veterans we lost in August, sadly so. And I want to thank uh, Dunmore Lumber Company, 622 South Blakely Street, Dunmore, one of our hourly sponsors, and remind you it's not too late to get into the Anthony J. Cordaro Memorial Tournament uh, Monday, September 25th at Glenmara. Check in at Dunmore Lumber Company to find out how you could participate as a golfer, as a sponsor, giving gift certificates away from your company as prizes. This event has raised almost a half million dollars for St. Joseph's Center, that amazing facility spread throughout Scranton and Dunmore. And Road Scholar Transport, who tells you to support to participate in, to be a part of Camp Freedom, that beautiful 2,000-acre reserve north of Carbondale where damaged first responders, damaged veterans, and Gold Star families go to start their recovery. The Road Scholar, you've got unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temp controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com to either figure out how to ship with them or to drive for them. All right, we reconvene on this club for common sense. And to do so, and to provide that sanctuary of sanity, we've talked about this United Auto Workers strike. And we talked about what appear to be absurd demands by the United Auto Workers and their top brass. The Right to Work Foundation, National Right to Work Foundation, has continually defended workers 
when unions or others abuse them and abuse their individual rights. And Mark Mix is part of that gang. He is the president. Mark Mix, welcome back. How are you? Bob, I'm doing fine. These are interesting times, as they say, and uh, the UAW is all part of that, huh? Tell us uh, from your perspective about the strike, what you see, and what your concerns are. Well, I think it's going to last for some time if uh, if you can take Sean Fain, the new president of the United Auto Workers, at face value, which he wants people to do. Um, you know, they've just get, they're just getting started. Um, they're gonna they're gonna use all the leverage they possibly can to hold out until the big three comply with what their demands are. And and I think you know they're negotiating now, as we indicate. Ford's negotiating, GM's negotiating. Stellantis has offered a 21% raise with a 10% immediate bump. Um, that's been rejected by the UAW. We have three units, one in Missouri, one in Ohio, and one in Michigan. They're actually on strike. The rest of the 140,000 uh, UAW members, 144,000 or something like that, are still working under the contract extension. Um, but it looks like that's going to expand. Uh, Sean Fain is, is given another deadline, 12 noon on Friday, that if they don't have an agreement by then, they're going to uh, ratchet up the strike and probably increase the leverage. But right now, it looks like they're asking for a 40% pay increase with an eight-hour reduction in the work week to go from 40 hours to 32 hours. How is, how is that affordable? And I, I, the thing that <laughs> astonishes me as I continue to think about it, I, I, I said yesterday, and I've said last week, I'm agnostic when it's private unions and private businesses f- slugging sure. it out. But, but at some point, the bow breaks. I mean, this is a cyclical industry. No one knows that better than the UAW. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you'd only have to go back to 2007, 2008, 2009, when the United States taxpayers stepped in and saved GM and then Chrysler, now Stellantis, uh, in their bankruptcies. Obviously a bad lesson, Mark Mix. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that was the Obama years, you know, and when the Obama uh, administration kind of negotiated kind of the way out and the United States taxpayer owned the company, basically, or certainly owned a majority of the stock. Some of the things that they're demanding to be restored came from that Obama cram down as far as operational side of it. And the other problem now is we've got, you know, the Biden administration is not only created this inflation by massive government spending that that basically has made these UAW workers worse off than they were. You know, when they negotiated the agreement back in the bankruptcy, inflation wasn't an issue. But when inflation goes up, when the cost of living goes up 17.5% under the Biden administration, that's when wage increases, you know, trying to keep up, as Sean Fain says, keep up is difficult to do. But yet, Bob, here's the deal. The United Auto Workers Union, the hierarchy of the union, which just came out of a major corruption scandal. In fact, they're still under federal government oversight right now because of of 12 of their executives going to jail for extortion and stealing money from the rank and file workers. You know, he's got a really heavy burden to prove that they're legitimate again. And secondly, to prove that he's tough enough to stand up to the big three when, to your point, it's a cyclical industry. I mean, when interest rates go to 6 percent or 5 percent or whatever the Fed Open Market Committee is going to announce tomorrow or today, at whatever time it is, you know, that has a bearing on people's ability to get yeah. loans to buy cars. And if, if the inventory is not turning over, then production goes down. It doesn't work. And, and it's been arguably it's been a good time for the big three. But that those good times have come on the backs of the federal government imposing, you know, the saving of two of the big three on the taxpayers of the United States. And so it's an interesting time. I think we're going to see a longer strike. 
Um, I hope that the workers, you know, they, they can choose. To your point, Bob, it's a private sector strike. The, the worst news that we got today was that President Biden's going to send out the Secretary of Labor, the acting Secretary of Labor, and then another person, Gene Sperling, to go out and watch things. I'm, I mean, I'm here. I'm here from the yeah. government. I'm I'm from the government. I'm here to help. <laughs> <laughs> One of the great lies. One of the great lies, Bob. You got it. And the check is in the mail, right? Yeah. Those are the two. We're talking to Mark um, Mix. He's the president of the National Right to Work Foundation regarding this uh, UAW called strike. Uh, at each, at all three of the uh, big three automakers, it's it's interesting, uh, Mark Mix, that uh, they're talking about the effect on companies that are non-union in the United States. Tell us about the non-union uh, component of American auto manufacturing. Yeah, it's a, it's a growing share of the automobile manufacturing industry. In fact, uh, Bob, right now, if you take the 27 states that have right-to-work laws in effect as we speak on the radio today, I think about 82 to 83 percent of all auto, automotive manufacturing, that means the, you know, the kind of the, the big three assembling and then the, the assembly of the cars and the part structure that goes into building a car happen in the states that have right-to-work laws. So it's a, you know, people, BMW, Hyundai, Nissan, Mitsubishi, uh, Volkswagen, uh, Mercedes-Benz, they're operating in right-to-work states. They're operating non-union. They're providing quality products and providing a a quality living for workers. And, you know, the bottom line is that's going to continue. In fact, on on, uh, Meet the Press or CBS's show uh, on Sunday, you know, the the commentator asked Bob, uh, uh, Sean Fain about it. He goes, you know, these companies are going to the right-to-work states and, and, and thriving. And, you know, he didn't say much about that. But when workers are giving a choice and when unions are held accountable for their actions, as opposed to using political power to force people into unions, when they're actually out there working on the shop floor, convincing workers they should be part of a union, that's when the unions will thrive, too. But right now, they're not doing that, and they're standing up and using the power that they've been granted by government to compel this forced association. And in 23 states where you can be compelled to pay dues or fees to get or keep a job, they're using that power, and the accountability is gone. I think you know, if this goes on any longer, there'll be workers that will want to cross the picket line and go back to work. That's why we put out a special notice to UAW employees um, that may be interested in crossing the picket line, right? You know, that's kind of a dangerous proposition in some instances, but right now only three units are on. But if they expand it, we need to make sure that those workers understand what their rights are as it relates to, you know, deciding if they want to go back and not taking the strike pay, which is about a third of what they'd be making if they were on the job. So we'll see if that manifests itself if this thing progresses. Mark Mix, uh, is I've heard differing figures that the pay package now, and I think this was lower than it is, that the pay package currently for United Auto Workers is about seventy-five grand, but I think it's more, is it not? I think that's right. You know, whatever, I, I think uh, the UAW president mentioned that, you know, the average wage is $32 an hour. That doesn't include benefits. That's just the pay. And if you take that, that means half of the people are over that and half of the people are under that. And one, some of the people that are under it are the temporary employees that come in at a different tier. And that's another one of the issues that's on the table, allegedly, um, you know, as far as the negotiation process. But when you take the all-in labor costs uh, with the benefits and everything else that goes along with it, I think you're up in this, on average, up to 60, 63 three dollars an hour when you have it all and i don't know what that works out to for for uh, 2000 hours of work or 1950 hours of work a year or whatever it is they 120 put in, grand you know, an overtime that's 120 yeah. grand and, and i mean yeah, total so, cost you got to look at right 
And and now they want to go up to 150 grand, and I think that's just in pay. Yeah, um, you know, I think there are a lot of folks out there that would think that's pretty lucrative. And the idea of a 21% raise that Stellantis offered, I think, over the weekend um, and was summarily rejected as as absurd by the union, um, you know, that's pretty good. Uh, we'll see where it ends up. But they seem to be pretty, pretty stuck pretty hard in that 40%. They started out at 46% in a 32-hour work week. Now they're at 40% in a 32-hour week if, work week, if I understand what the latest is by the UAW. Well, I, that's that's a hell of a deal if you could get it, but it does not promise any kind of job security. <laughs> I mean, you could well, that's only... the other part, Bob. Yeah, the, the Biden administration forcing us to convert to electric vehicles. You know, you if you believe the, the CEO of Ford, he says that it takes about 40 percent less labor to assemble an electric vehicle. What is the UAW doing about that? Their their political uh, contributions go to one party that's driving this EV, you know, cram down uh, by what? 2032 or whatever the date is that we all have to drive electric vehicles or they won't, you know, they won't sell ICE vehicles, internal combustion engine vehicles anymore. What does the UAW say about that? Yeah. I mean, that's really a concern. If I'm a worker and I'm working in an, in, a, in an engine assembly plant that takes, you know, 300 parts to an engine and a drivetrain that takes something like three or 400 parts and you take away a drivetrain and you take away an engine, what happens to those jobs and how is the UAW dealing with that? And holding un- holding politicians accountable that are driving that that force that cram down of EVs, including and most exclusively the Biden administration, you know that's really something that they ought to be thinking about. And the leadership of the union seems perfectly fine with that. I bet the rank and file have a different opinion. Yeah, they seem to, because I watched multiple uh, strikers interviewed, and they said we don't want Joe Biden or any of his people here. Mark Mix, president of the National Right to Work Foundation. Uh, thank you so much for being with us. And I, I'll ask you, keep in touch with us because at some point, if this, as the strike widens and lengthens, your efforts are going to step up to get workers to be able to go back to work if they choose to. And that's where, <laughs> that's where the rubber is going to meet the road. Yeah, indeed. Thanks, Bob, for the opportunity. Appreciate you having us on. Okay. Mark Mix, National Right to Work Foundation. We'll take a break. It's the Bob Cordaro Show. Yeah, uh, a lot of you are texting in that there's potential strikes of all kinds brewing. Well, they're brewing for a lot of reasons, but one of the primary reasons is Democrat Party policy. Inflation being the number one result. You need more money to stay even, never mind to get ahead, which is the entire point of a job. We're looking at potential airline strikes. Remember, we've already gotten through the rail strike, but that increased shipping costs. And that's without even adding in the fuel surcharge that Biden Green New Deal policies have caused. And when shipping costs go up, your purchase prices for everything go up. Can If you can't see this, if you just go with their blame game, and you only have to look back at the lies about energy costs, gasoline costs in particular 
They lied first and said it was Putin's war. Well, gas prices had doubled before Putin attacked Ukraine. And and Russian oil never came off the market. They just sold it elsewhere. So the total supply of energy available was equivalent, but in a growing world economy, when American growth was taken off the market, it increased. It was that simple. American energy was taken and, and its growth was taken off the market, out of the marketplace. Then they lied and said it was the greedy oil companies. That didn't work. It proved untrue. Then they said it was the greedy gas stations. Now I don't know what the hell they're saying. Because it's going up again. Substantially. Somebody said six cents overnight. I'm going to look when I leave here. No, we're we're in loony town with these people. They're hurting workers. We've had a reverse polarity situation. And the Republican Party is the party of the worker. The Democrat Party is the party of the elite and those who think they are. John from Luzerne, quickly, my friend, inequality of foreign aid, unless you want to hold over. I want to make it real brief because okay. it's going to be a little diversion from the conversation, but actually tie it into our problems. Okay, I just want to make an example. The inequality, the foreign aid, just a few examples. Our 9-11 tower disasters, Hurricane Agnes, Hurricane Katrina, the Florida hurricanes in Maui. How? I just want to ask the viewers and yourself, how many countries in this entire world ever sent foreign aid to the United States because they say we're too rich. <laughs> yeah. Well, if we're too rich, how are we $33 trillion in debt? You know why? Because we gave it away to the world for the last hundred years. Some places it was necessary, but many places it was not. And now they're going to deliberate to see, it, are they going to be able to disperse our social security checks as a, as a priority? Well, it's not a priority to them because Vladimir Zelensky is their priority. You know, and the old coal miners built this country and the European great-grandfathers and grandmothers. So you know what? I think we better put a heavy emphasis on slowing down foreign aid only where it benefits the United States. Donald Trump said America first, and that's when he sold me as a president. And I'll go out all out to get that guy elected in 2024 above all else. John, isn't it a crazy, this is what I always say, it's a mad, 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 mad world to open the show and that it's upside down. Our leaders, uh, leadership class has us driving, going upside down. Yeah. America first, America first is an outrageous concept to them. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you have a friend that always borrows money, always asks you, lend them his lawnmower, and you could never depend on that other friend, that's not a friend, that's an acquaintance. There's a handful of countries that we really have to support. I'm all out for supporting Israel. We have to keep them stable in the Middle East. But I'm going to tell you something. Out of the entire world, I don't think we have more than five true friends. And we're going to have to we're going to have to put a little bit of a quota on legal immigration, too, because you know what? You can only stick so many apples into the to the barrel. There's got to have to be some uh, a little bit of a leveling off of policy here. 
I appreciate it, my friend. But that's what I want to say. We get this foreign aid. That's it's ridiculous. And if they're going to have a budget dispute to see if they're going to shut the government down, that's like saying you're going to give foreign aid, but you're going to feed your next door neighbor's kids before you feed your own. It's nice to have charity, but you have to feed your own house first. But we've got to force other countries to follow our gender policies, the gender policies of the left. And to follow uh, our Green New Deal. <laughs> That's why they're still giving it. It's a crazy yeah, we, situation, we have, we, John. We have, John, we, we got to go, my man. But We got to unite behind Trump. That's all there is to it. <laughs> all right. Thank you. If I have to, I will. And I will do, I'll do. do so willingly. <laughs> willingly, okay, I promise you. We'll take a break. Bob Cadaro, W-I-L-K. We'll be back. Joe is with us from Bear Creek on this Fetterman deal. Hey, Joe, how are you? Well, I want to have a question with you, Bob. Uh, if uh, I see people going to church wearing pajamas, I wonder if Casey and Fetterman are going to be wearing pajamas when they go to work. <laughs> we're he- <laughs> Joe, we're headed there. <laughs> I know. I see them downtown, people wearing pajamas, walking around. It's 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 gone crazy. It's gone crazy. These people are, are serving our country. No, I think they're serving themselves, and they're drunk when they go to work. Well, they're they're clearly serving their ideology over the country, because that's all yeah. that matters to them. And and John Fetterman yeah. is an avowed Marxist, and he he you could not find ten percent of his voters, not even close, who agree with his positions on the issues, and they vote for him anyway. Then he then he throws this infomnia on top of everything, going around like a, 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 a an arrested adolescent, which is what he is. Well, the only thing they're worried about is their pension when they get into their nineties uh, to retire, so they have a good burial uh, monument, <laughs> and that's about all it is. All right, have a good day, all right, Joe. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'm on the radio. I can wear pajamas. But if I have a public appearance, I'm not going to dress like that. I, 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 I'm i telling you, these people are frightening. Their, their ideology, their way of looking at things is sick. And it's twisted. And it's upside down. Think of this. The Democrat Party official position is that you can mutilate children if they express, without parental consent, if they express a desire to be of the opposite sex. Now, very clearly and obviously, you cannot be transsexual Unless you are sexual in the first place. I mean, that's so obvious. Joe Biden called it cruel to not allow gender surgery and major drug use if a kid expresses an interest in being of the opposite sex. I never had that inclination, but it's got to be torturous for that child. 
and we should be compassionate, by the way, to a limit. Because if you give them intention, we all know children. By the way, this goes for a lot of adults, too. If they get attention, positive attention, sometimes even negative attention, they will do more of what brought them the attention. Just because adults have become children like John Fetterman doesn't mean we should treat children like adults. <laughs> Making adult decisions. Oh, I can't get a tattoo without parental permission, but I can change my sexual identity without parental permission. That's how sick this has become. We'll take a break. Bob Cadaro, W-I-L-K, will return. Ford electric vehicle costs. Okay? This is why objective people, non-political people are saying, this is why the UAW is striking. $4.5 billion in 2023 battery-powered car losses just for Ford. Just for Ford. That's T-Bell. T-Mac. Border numbers. Astronomically high. Fast approaching all-time records we saw in May. September numbers on track to potentially set a new all-time record. And Department of Homeland Security still hasn't released August numbers. Which will be at least 230,000. The highest of 2023. And then Murph tells us United States national debt hit the $33 trillion mark. For the first time ever. Do do you think things are going in the right direction? I guess not. And this is what the left and the Democrat Party is giving you. They're shoving it down your throat. From, and it's coming from every angle. You can't even make up what these sick people are doing. And they all can't be stupid. Go YLK News Radio. This is the Bob Cordaro Show Podcast. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.